2: at 135 Our man Montenblanc with Brian
1: Welcome to the Pursuit of the Perfect Race I'm Coach Terry Wilson And with each episode I bring stories of athletes to you That share their experiences at races In order for you to learn how to have your perfect race We will hear stories from athletes of all ages, abilities And races of all distances So regardless of where you fit in There's something in there for you Thanks for spending some time with me today Now let the pursuit begin
2: until on at Iron Boulder where he didn't finish there, which was his, sec- his sixth uh, which was his sixth consecutive bNF. after that race he picked himself up and trained more and harder and did this race on August 19th, 2018. The team race state was 61 and rose to 81 and the swim was delayed by an hour and 15 minute increments due to five, with the water temperature being 71.5. Ron, I'm glad to have you back on the show. I look forward to hearing you about your race experience and even more about your finish line experience at Ironman Montreal. Yeah, great. Thanks for having me. It's uh, a pleasure to be on, and it's great to talk to you again, my friend. Awesome. So, how have you been since Boulder? Okay, so yeah, so since Boulder, uh, I've been busy. Um, I um, in, I had a really long, hard, hard conversation uh, the day after the race um, in Boulder before I left about um, what was gonna be next and what we were going to do, and um, the, uh, admittedly said that it was rough for her she had to say some things that a coach needs to say to an athlete versus a friend to a friend. Um, but it was not things I needed to hear. So, it really got me fired right up and motivated to go to the next level to find that next piece I needed um, to find finish. Uh, Siri always said that, um, each finish that I didn't make, I needed to learn something, and uh, I said, you know, for six times, I think I've learned everything I need to learn, and she said, well, you need to learn some more. So, um, what I did is I actually told Beck I wanted to write my own program for uh, an eight-week brick. Um, she kind of looked at me like I was crazy, a little bit, and even you know, she said, she's like, I don't know, we'll see, it should be entertaining, because I'm not a coach, and I have very little experience in the sport, um, but I took everything that they have taught me you over know, the last three years and built it into what would work for me that would give me a lot of confidence uh, that I didn't have. I think that's what I was missing was that piece that I had the athletic ability to do it. Um, I had the endurance to do it, um, but I didn't have that mental edge that I was looking for because uh, I was always telling myself on a reason why I couldn't, and I needed a reason why I could. So, for example, on one of our normal training days, it would be a swim 4,000 meters in an hour and 15 minutes. Well, I can't do that. I just don't, I'm physically not able to do that. Um, so I had to modify it. So I modified it to a swim 3,000 meters in an hour and 15 minutes. was going really hard. And then instead of running 10 miles all up, it will run 6 miles all up. So I adjusted each day. And what happened was each day I would actually finish the training session the way it was written. And it would give me a ton of confidence. Say, hey, you know what? I I got a green mark. or instead of a red, I got a green. So I was able to rebuild on that quickly and write the week and then keep checking at the end of the week and say And just back out, too, so should be good and better. I think it's crossing over somewhere. All right, there we go. All right, yeah. I, that's that's why I was trying to move around. like the cables being away from each other and all that stuff. All right. Um So you lost 40 pounds since Boulder. You took off 20 minutes off of your swim time from month from, to month to Mont- from Boulder. How was your mental edge going into? out Uh, was trying to he had so he was trying to get his third. So we hung out for a little bit during the week, and um, we saw each other a lot on the course throughout the day. So it was pretty cool to, uh, to have him there, done and i too Wow. So a little bit about your training. What, what workouts did you do in your so in between the time you were you did Boulder and the time you took the line here at Mountain lawn, What workouts did you do that they gave you a confidence going to this race prepared? <laughs> Really, for me, it wasn't so much that i changed any of the workouts, um, but normally when I train from September until May, um, I have very little time to sleep, and have very little time to recover, because I'll get up at 7 o'clock, in between 6 and 7 o'clock in the morning, and take care of the kids and get them off to school, and then I'll have a 2-3 to three hour window where I can train, and then I'm working for the next 12-15 to 15 hours. So by the time I get home and everything's settled, it's one or two o'clock in the morning. Wow. So I'm, off, I'm getting maybe four to five hours of sleep a day. And on the weekends, I'm getting, initially working 18 to 20 hour days. So I'm getting two to three hours of sleep on Friday, two to three hours of sleep on Sunday or on Saturday. And um, so it, when I found that, I, when I have the time to actually sleep and eat properly and recover properly, and then go out and really hit the training sessions hard. They're just way more effective. And it translated. I mean, my swim was 29 minutes faster, and I didn't know anything different. I just did the session that I'd been doing, but I was able to get to sleep and get the right nutrition because you can eat really well, but if you're up for 20 hours a day, your body gets a little confused. Right? So, if you're trying to lose some weight yet still have enough energy in you to do your session, let alone get you through a 20-hour day, it gets real tricky. It gets real hard to figure out what works. Your know, metabolism gets all screwed up, and you'll do killer workouts for a week, and you'll gain three pounds. And you're like, what? How, how is that possible?" I'm burning five, six thousand calories in a session, and then you burn two thousand calories just being awake. So I'm losing five, six thousand calories a day, and I'm gaining weight. Um, so I really relate to uh, recovery and sleep. Really, the only two things that have been different that have allowed me to um, put the same session time in, but the sessions were way more productive. Right. And they, they translate and translate it on the um, on swim and on the run. Um, my flight numbers weren't as great as they felt. It felt a lot better. Um, it did get a little windy towards the end of the day when the wind would kick up, but uh, it got a little windier than I would have liked. Take a couple of breaks because normally I don't have a problem with getting a little salt. So I actually took some breaks um, just to use the restroom, um, which may have translated to 10, maybe 15 minutes overall through the course of eight hours. So the bike was a little slower. I mean, my numbers in training are between 17 and 18 miles an hour, and I think I average like 13 and a half or 14. You know, I don't really train them. I don't climb 6,000 feet in training session either, so lots of factors, but I still got in with, um plenty of time. I was, uh, I think, a good 40 minutes ahead of the cutoff, uh, which gives me a ton of confidence for a guy that gets cut off a lot. When you make that cutoff, that mental edge, like, I didn't even look at my watch and swam. I just got out of the water to roll well, 30, that's great. Um, and got a quick transition out for me. I think I picked up 7 or 8 minutes of transition that I normally wouldn't have because I get a little lazy in transition and then um, come off the bike more and I have at least a 30 to 40 minute kicker on top of that. I'm going, okay, I just gave myself an entire extra hour for the run. Um, so I looked at the clock and I had 3.30 apps that I had available to and I said, well, that's a very doable number. So mentally, you're not dreading it. Mentally, you're going to do it Okay, okay, I got plenty of time. Even if something goes wrong I cannot uh, can get done so that was a great um, great way to reset the brain so to speak and uh, get myself fired up good now so a lot of people have asked me why does not he do one of the easier races because after we put up the episode that we did for Boulder a lot of people are like well why doesn't he do an episode or am not, not an episode but why does't he do a race that's an easier race and I'm like well you have to understand that he manages bowling alleys he has kids and a wife, and for him to do this Ironman training, he has to do the races in the summer whenever it's not bowling season, and right. that's, that's exactly right. I have a very limited window uh, in which I can do these things because of that exact reason I have, because I'm an owner operator of two different bowling centers and now a 3rd bowling center slash pro shop. Um Five kids and making sure I go to their activities and everything else. Uh, there's just no time, um, and the only races that fit into that schedule because if I leave the balloon center, um, it's just perfect they don't run the way I want them to run. Um, and I don't, we don't have, we're not big business, so I don't have the budget to have a manager where I can say, hey, I'm taking two weeks off to go to Arizona in November uh, because it's a nice flat course and I could probably crush it and do really well. Um, I just don't have the luxury. And unfortunately, if we Ironman's are the races that are anywhere close uh, for the summer months just happen to be in the top 10 on our, for the hardest. Not that any the one harder than the other one, but the add in the climate and everything else. Um, for example, people are like, well, what about Wisconsin? I'm like, well, it actually is the first week of bowling season. So when a league first start is the first day um, that Wisconsin's on, and that's a really not, not an easy course by any means from what I'm told. Um, so it's just, Unfortunately, that's the way the schedule falls. Um, so you just kind of give the hand at your belt and say, okay, well, which one are we going to, which one of the three seems the easiest. I don't know if because basically my choices are with Boulder, or Tremblot. And um, I picked Tremblot because I've done it three times. Right? Right. So you, I'm, you're familiar, I'm, familiar with it? Yeah, I know every single climb. I know every single turn. I know where to go to eight. Uh, I know what hotel's good, um, every piece of the swim, every piece of the road. I knew everything, so I'm very comfortable with that, um, which is a big deal. I mean, you go into a race that you've never been to before, you're, you're kind of lost, you don't know where to go, you don't know where special needs bags go, you don't know where the bike check in is, you don't know where to register. Um, and the less things you have to think about, the more things you can kind of control the really, maybe easier, it seems to be, so that's what that route, um, kind of why I go that route and pick those kind of things. Okay. Now, going into this race, when you need start traveling to where you live, to not come on this time, and who all was with you this time? Um, it was just me um, traveling with my kids that far, um, especially in another country. Um, is really difficult when you are not travel well and long distances, and it's really not fair to my wife um, if I'm going to be involved in me doing some camera work and checking stuff in and doing a train ride and a train run. She um, is outside of her control element because my kids don't do well in hotels. They're, just, they're little boys. They go crazy. That's what little boys do. So to ask her to be stuck in a hotel for six or seven hours a day is not a vacation for her. I mean, that just, it's a week. You know, like, class week, was in the house and my parents came and my aunt lost came, so she had lots of hands. We had a house so we didn't have to worry about waking people up uh, or disrupting people so that was a big difference um but with all the other issues going on with family and everybody's schedules in the summer it just didn't translate so I took off by myself on um, it's also kind of nice to be without any of the usual tasks that I need to do as a dad it gives me kind of just get into that bubble and get done what I need to get done, and knowing that they support that is great. Um, It's a 12-hour drive from the house to uh, Northern Quebec. Um, I did it all in one day going out, um, because I just wanted to get out there, so I left Wednesday morning Uh, at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I got got there about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, whenever you got ready to leave the house, uh, what did your wife and kids say before you left? Did they, were they away? Did they say anything about it before you left? Or was it a plan? No, we, we don't really usually yeah. have a little party the night before we collect dinner. Um, or I make my famous waffles. Um, we, we just hang out. We tell you luck lot. lot. My, uh, my son my wife like, son goes son, you've got to finally do one of these things. <laughs> right, <laughs> I <said. laughs> yeah. I said, well, thanks, Nick. I said, uh, but he's very literal, so it's kind of fun. Um, I said, yeah. I said, you know what? I think we're going to get it done. He's like, good. I'm um, cool. it for you. Um, and they made me a little sign, and they had a little notes. <laughs> My, um, um, so, when I'm on and I find really cool little notes from all of them, I find highly appropriate notes from my wife, uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, which are great because it, t- it takes the edge off. She'll be like, uh, well, I can't even repeat what she writes on those notes, but because um, she just has that kind of sense of humor. But it's fun to, like, I was pulling an inner or two out of my blank bag and there's a note in there. Um, So after you get there on Wednesday afternoon, you I kind of relax afternoon, and then the days leading up to there, are you focused on being in the water Oh, Did you pay attention to the weather? What does all this stuff look like? Yeah, I don't look at weather anymore because it is what it is. Um, the only thing I'll look at is just to get an idea if I need to put anything, like in a special needs bag, like an extra pair of socks that looks like it's going to rain, but the weather changes so fast that people that freak out about the weather I just crack up because I used to when I first started doing that, I would freak out a week out and I'm like you know what I raised in the, the hottest of the hot I raised in a torrential downpour where it rained seven inches in like six hours about two years ago in Vermont it was horrendous so it's nice to at least have that experience in where I'm looking like, you know at what the weather is what it is so don't worry about it um, and then I kind of have a routine um Norma Techs are on a very best friend the Norman Tech company, if you're listening, um, because I Norma Tech for basically the entire night after the drive, uh, and then each night I wear those, they're, they're just great, so I do basically, I try to get to the destinations on Wednesday, and then that gives me a check-in on Thursday, and I'll do a swim Thursday, Friday I'll do a very light bike, um, to make sure mechanically everything's good, test a couple of hills, just make, make the lights up a little bit. And then um, Saturday like a fifteen minute light jog, just to it's super easy. It's it's super easy. Some people I, I see some people I uh, usually go out and drive like the light course again, just to look at everything and see if anything changed, see, um, remind myself of what the hills are and some landmark like I'll pick out um, some signs they be like okay when you hey, hey, see this guy make sure you really get after it because this is a good spot to get after it stuff like that um, I see some people that are out there just crushing on the bike on a Saturday morning I'm like what are you doing And did like man I mean everybody got their own way to it I suppose and what works for me it doesn't work for everybody else but I would think that you want to save all possible energy if you get and then uh, come Saturday it's just get the feet up I love it because I get to eat. So I just eat and eat and eat. I've got three favorite restaurants that I go to. And it's the pancake breakfast. I'll always a steak sandwich and lunch. And then it's steak dinner and five, eight o'clock. I'm just playing bed and all that. No matter what happens tomorrow, I have bread day today. So, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> one of the three restaurants I would get to, for those that haven't been there, there. Um, La Forge is um, kind of a combo restaurant there. It's like a bar, uh, pub on the first floor. They have great, great sandwiches great um, mac and cheese. And then they have a steakhouse above, uh, which is really good for price, but really, really good. Um, and if you want to get reservations, like oh well, hey we remember you you're going to get it done this, this week and somebody's like hey I saw your you're the guy from the video I saw your video in Boulder I'm like ah oh. so it starts getting me excited because they're excited um, so put me just in a things are getting a little bit more serious and Shoot a couple of shots. I'm like, okay, well, it fun because it took my mind off of it, but when I got done, like, that, I just wanted to sit down and rest, um, so it was nice because at 8 o'clock I was tired, so I didn't even turn the TV on. I um, I sleep at, the you know, so I cranked the machine on and um, said goodnight to my wife and kids and said, you know, I'll talk to you on know, Monday, and um, I was able to really, it's the first time i have ever got almost seven hours of sleep before a race because normally I'm wired and I'm like at midnight, I'm like, dude, I got to go. Four hours I need were sleep. I think kind of like most of us are, so it was really nice to get that, that extra sleep, and then knowing, too, knowing the venue. So I knew what time I had to be up, and I knew how long it would take to put my pads on, and I knew how long it would take to take the lift down to transition, and how long it takes to walk to the beach. And I wish I would have known there was going to be an hour delay because, that been better because I probably could have got another hour, um, but um, it's just nice having that, that comfort level so you can just go through your morning paces. You don't have to, hey, i got to get in the car and we'll find a place to park. Um, uh-huh. I didn't stay outside. So being that you didn't stay there and you just stay outside, mm-hmm. how long of it, how many was it getting to the transition the morning of the race? What time did you wake, what was your wake up call, breakfast? was that like? Five, five o'clock uh, for me it was wake up, which is an hour later than normal. Um, and it's just kind of I had some blue-grain muffins lined up that I wanted. Um, those were my treats for the day, and uh, a protein bar and uh, some Red Bull. Um, and then just kind of go through the motions, put the tats on. I know I wanted to leave room the by 520, and I was, I love my OCD when I come to so at 520 I'm walking out the door um, And I knew because they have a nice little chairlift um, that goes down to the bottom of the village, so I didn't have to walk. Um, so I hopped on that and was just kind of taking in uh, the sights and the sounds, and Taking a little hydration and um, just walking through the steps. Hey, when you get down there, what are you going to do first? I'm going to drop my bag, my special needs bags. Then I'm going to go in into transition and uh, put all the water on and put all the nutrition on and just double-check the gear in get the tires pumped up everything like that. And um, the cameras are there, <laughs> so I'm going to everybody and get my little spiel and just some my fives around. And um, then it's just a nice, casual walk over the beach knowing I've had an hour. This is before the delay. I had a full hour so I can take my time walking over there. I don't have to rush uh, trying a good spot on the beach and get the wetsuit on and just hang out. Um, get into the water a little bit just to feel the water uh, feel the temperature. Um, say hi to some people that I knew that were racing. Um, just really relaxed. There's no – got to find a place to park. Hey, they're going to close transition in 10 minutes and I can't. No anxiety. Exactly. Very little anxiety. Exactly. Yeah, very, very little where normally you're, you're amped up on race day. Um, got a lot going on, so I've tried to one, sorry, really, really low as possible being at the same location four times. really helps because you know what everything is. You don't have to question anything, and then you can help people, too. People that are freaking out that you see, hey, it's their first time they got a the little orange bracelet on. You're like, oh, man, hey, pat them on the back. You're like, let's relax. What well, can I help you with? Did um, you get an orange bracelet? I didn't get an bracelet because it wasn't technically my first time. I should have, but it technically wasn't my first time. i tried it seven times, but, uh, was so nice to be able to help people calm some nerves and give some words of encouragement just um, everybody's so great at these things. They're all, because we're all looking for the same thing. Um, so it's just one big happy of family and a uh, big old bucket of nerves um, and then make your way down to the beach and hurry up and wait, really. Yeah? Now, what kind of bike are you using? Uh, I ride a specialized shiv um, it was actually kind of nerve-wracking because in Boulder, I found out one of the reasons why I was than I wanted to and it was harder than I wanted it to be But actually my bike broken and I didn't know it really what really? happened after the seat post had dropped into half uh, before the race and I didn't find it out until after the race because I wondered why I wasn't putting out the numbers I normally do because it was really really hard to ride and I'm like why is this so hard because elevation normally doesn't bother me uh, and I was just pumping away I'm like something's got to be wrong and I didn't know until after and I thought So hard, and I didn't even pay attention before I put my bike into the car. It rolled right in. insert in the frame, one of the inserts had come out. So every time you try and tighten down the frame, and I noticed it, like before the boulder race. And I didn't think anything of it, I just thought it was weird that I couldn't tighten it down all the way. But so I'm like, yeah, it's no big deal, whatever, it's tight enough. Well, it wasn't so every bump, especially when you're a big guy, every bump, and your, your butt hits that seat, it pops it down a little bit, and we all know, if your seat's too low, you're, you're working way harder than you should be. And um, mm-hmm working pretty hard, and then it's just gonna fatigue even more, wow. even more, which explains a lot of the fatigue that I had in Boulder. Wow! Yeah. So you know, I it was—it was wild. I'm like, well, that makes a lot of sense. So I tried to fix it myself, and I couldn't. And I took it to my local bike shop, and they're like, dude, don't touch it. It's a warranty issue. You gotta take it to your um, specialized dealer." who was my the bike shop that I bought the bike from, and they're like, "Yeah, uh, it's a warranty issue. You're one of the least in like six a month." Um, I took a bunch of pictures, and they said, Specialized and Specialized, like, yeah, we can have it in about five or six weeks. And I said, "Uh, Uh that's going to be a problem, because I don't have another bike. Um, So, luckily, we run in very, uh, very big circles, and we have very, very big influential friends. Um, So, I won't name drop who, but somebody very special to me made a call to Specialized all the way up to the top, I and said, well, we don't know who you know, but you have a brand new bike. I what you where So they took you a brand new bike. Um, and then the bike shop took all my equipment off and put all the equipment back on and set it all up. Um, so I was back on the road within six days. So I shout out to Fraser Mike. from Fraser Michigan, for taking take care of that and all of my friends in high places for functionality, uh, right people in the face, I guess, or <laughs> face <laughs> You're when, you're, when you're right out of another BNF and the, the, the longest part of your race is not you're not able to train for it properly. It, uh, it, it really plays with your psyche. And that. I, need, I, need I don't have it. Uh, i an old road bike um, that I had from like when I was 20 and i tried to use that and I just wanted to just throw it away. And then that made me think, wow, the guys that back in the late 70s and the early 80s doing these are just like, like a huffy. Those guys are beasts because the technology from my bike that I found in my dad's garage from 20 years ago to now is, it's like driving a Ford Tempo and then hopping in a Tesla. Right. right. So I give mad props to those guys way back in the day that just, that, that what, hell, they didn't even have toe clips. he just had those AF metal pedals and that had reflectors on them and three gears maybe and just provided up and down. So um, it gave me a good appreciation for how far the sports come and what they were able to do way back when. Wow. Um, now, as far as race wheels, are you using any type of race wheels? Yeah. Um, who's our, um, I apologize, um, uh, the Advanced Profile. Profile Design? So, profile Design. Yeah, the great people Profile Design are sponsored for Team Serious, So I have their uh, their A-O-8s from um, I think it is. Okay. the ones that are uh, front and back. So they're, they're great. Um, and I had no flats, which is a miracle. Um no, right, like right, like the the first, first time. Not the light leg the first time or module lot the second, third time or, or older the first time. Um, it was nice. they the great wheels and um, great company that work for them. They take really good care of the tri-club. Um, so we had a great, great, great break on the price. So it's nice to have a little more technology. I think my bike weighs five and a half pounds. So can see if they're like. People see my bike and they're like, whoa. They're like, that's pretty nice. I'm like, yeah, you're in. They're like, my parents have got it. I'm going the race. I'm like, shh, shh. I don't, I don't I need know. that kind of negativity in my yeah. life. That's right. I'm like, when I looked at doing it, don't I have no idea. I'm like, yep, sure to go.'" Wow. So yeah. as, far as far as your nutrition plan for the day on the course, what does this look like? Um. Hopefully, it's nothing like 22, 24-ounce bottles of water that we talked about in Boulder. Yeah, we, well, we actually, we, um, not as many as Boulder because it wasn't as hot, but um, we try to come up with a game plan. It's one. Yeah. I preload up front so that way I'm good and then as I hit the first hour I'm not trying to take in a ton of food. As long as I through that bottle, which I'm usually good for, um, I know I'm good. And then I just rotate from one bottle and then with the next bottle up front. So by the time I get to special needs, I've gone through the three bottles, I've got enough calories, I feel good, I'm not bloated, nothing like that. And then I reload basically the same bag from T1 is that special needs. Uh, protein bar. Um, I use a strip waffle. I do the uh, beef jerky. And then basically same thing. So I just repeat that process. Uh, and it's the first time ever I'm coming off the bike in a T2 where I'm not bloated. I'm not gassy. I'm not um, dehydrated. I'm not... Swollen you swollen? No, not at all. It was great. It's the first time, yeah, first time I've ever come out. I'm like, hey, this, that was perfect. Perfect amount of food, perfect amount of calories, perfect amount of protein, where I actually have the energy to run, where normally I'm just, like, on gas, and especially on that course, because there's some big climbs at the very end, and I'm just gas, and just, it's, just fall off the bike and kind of roll me out onto the onto the run course, where this time I'm coming out, and I'm like, okay, cool, hey, I got energy, I'm, it's like a car, it's like I'm fully fueled, I got oil, I got coolant, I got all the gas I need, I'm ready to go, and now I can actually go execute. One plan versus just trying to survive. It's very hard mentally to know you have to start surviving a mile one run right. where you know that's going to come, but it came much later in this race for the first time ever. Good. Now, to kind of backtrack to where we were before we started getting off the tangent of the bike and the wheels and all that fun stuff, how much pain Did you put your wheels on race bait, to this course? I, I want to. Sure. Because well, I'm a big yeah, guy, and uh, I knew it would get a little warmer. That's a good number for me. Um, so it was 110 front, 110 back. Um, I checked it when I left um, from behind to lower down. I, just, I was curious to see. Uh, the front was 108. The back was 106. So it held very, really, very really well throughout the course of the day, which is which is always fun, knowing that I didn't have any technical issues. Good. So to go back to the swim start here. It's delayed in 15-minute increments for an hour. How did this affect your nervousness or anxiety levels? Um, the first delay, we all kind of just laughed because it was so foggy, we couldn't even see the first movie from the beach, and we're like, Well, wow, this is going to be fun, and the announcement's yeah, okay, it's 15 minutes, so we're all just kind of kicking around, talking to each other, um, saying hi the camera, stuff like that, and then the second one, you can kind of hear a sigh come through the crowd, you're like, oh, okay, um, another 15 minutes, okay, uh, get in the water a little bit more. at the same time. Gross. Um, but Everybody's being, Yeah, try right. And <laughs> <laughs> the, third, the third one, you're going, oh my goodness, what the heck is going on? I've been standing up now for 45 minutes. A lot of people were shaking. The pros, it wasn't what's illegal for the pros, but the pros were actually cold. I was actually talking to Lionel Sanders. Um, I kind of this a little bit. Um, it was breezy. But I mean, I'm like, Dude, you can't get big like me You've to get a lot of ice. You do you don't have that problem. No. <laughs> and he started laughing, so it's something to take the edge job. But they were freezing. I mean, they were freezing cold because they weren't too legal, so they were in their wetsuit, warming up, and trying to stay warm because uh, it was only 60 degrees at restart, 57 or 60 degrees at restart. So um, then we started worrying about, hey, are they going to cancel the swim? What are they going to do? Um, and they weren't being very communicative about it. Um, and then they finally said, "Hey, okay, for sure." Because see the logs are on the left that you can see, probably four movies down. And I'm like, "Okay, for sure, we're going off." Where do you start seeing yourself? Where's, Where's your mindset? Well, um, I want, I knew I could. Um, about two weeks prior, maybe a week prior, I did an open water swim with my brother who lives on a lake. And I said, "Hey, you know, why don't you get me some? Um, get me some open water. Follow me on your boat." and he wanted to film with his drone because he does some drone flying in. and so it's a really cool video I've send me a copy of it um, but I swam and when I got done it was like an hour 21 and I said I looked at the watch he said is your GPS right out of the boat he's like yeah why well, was that a 2.4 and he's like yeah like, or 2.2 two 2.4 oh, two and I said you know without bullies that's pretty crazy um, so I said you know what why don't we just go another one twenty, one twenty one thirty, 120, 120 130 and see because uh, I knew a year before I did like one thirty. There. so and I could have a pretty good race and I wasn't comfortable there I'm like you know, I, I don't want flu cabin there but just we'll write we'll that off, off. yeah so but then of course everybody uh, since it's self-seating they wait until the last minute and then they push their way up so I, I kicked back to probably 130 and then it got to be like 750 because they come on they're trying this new thing where there's a corral with a red light green light so you go under the arch and they put six people in the corral so there's like, a, it's like it looks like a of course, they were. Yeah, exactly. And then the green light goes and you go, um, well, at like 7.55, there was probably still 500 to 600 people. needing to get in the water. And then literally, yeah, everybody's got to be in the water by 8 o'clock. And So everyone starts pushing and shoving, And we're all like, oh, it sucks. So and we literally just got pushed right through it. I didn't even have a chance to see what time it was. Um, but then it was the a because literally a cloud had come in again. But it was too late to stop it. So fog comes in and you could not see 25 meters in front of you. Wow. we all fog so I'm going off people and we're getting our butts kicked because there's a bunch of people in that group that should not have been in that group that just weren't strong swimmers. So you literally have to stop and move around them where you get your butt kicked um, and then you're swimming over the top of people and they're zigzagging um, and I just kept trying to find some clean water. I'm like I just got fine clean I'd get on somebody's feet but then they would stop and crash into them. Um, and it just kept getting worse and worse. And then we heard people blowing whistles. So we didn't know, hey, are they calling the race? What are we doing? So you'd stop and look around, but you couldn't see, you couldn't even see the support boats on the side. Um, so we just kept going. And you keep going and going and going and going. And then we got to the, I could finally see a red movie. I'm like, okay, cool, we're at the turn. And it was like a rugby scrum. I've never been up with master people before. And people were like clawing and scratching and punching. A guy told me that, uh, pleasure him uh, in in, in good sense of the words. I mean, if you're going to end this the, the guy's going to suck his dick. I'm like, where did that come from? Another guy punched me uh, because I was just like trying to push him out of it. was crazy. Never experienced anything like it. Um, and then we like, turned around down to the second set of movies. And then by the time we got to the second set of movies, the frog had lifted. Um, so I took a quick glance at my watch just to see where my time was. And I'm like, hey, I'm in. I um, mean, great shape. It was awesome. i you know, great. Just hammer it home. And um, luckily at that point, it had spread out a little bit, so I had some pretty clear water. And just was able to get into a great, great rhythm. Probably the best rhythm I've ever had swimming. Mean. And really hammer it back um, into the finish. And they changed the finish there, too. The tier. They tried to for the 70.3, where they built a set of stairs. And it knocked off probably 200 meters on the run. Nice. Yeah, system. So you just climb up the stairs you walk straight, are literally in a straight line of the transition tent. So that was really cool. Um, found the biggest wet-suit wheeler I could find, and, um, and yeah, right. Nice. Now, for this race, are you keeping the same you know throughout the whole race? Are you changing? Yeah, I like, I like to do I like to do that only because every minute for me counts. So if I'm going to try and take something completely off and then change and do that, it's just not easy for me to do that. So I just, on. Yeah, um, put the suit on over it, that way when I get in, I just take a quick towel, um, dry, dry the feet off, to throw a pair of socks on. Um, out of nowhere, about a week ago, I became part of the plantar fasciitis club, um, so I had to, number one, learn what that was, number two, luckily, one of my new homes a running shop, got me some pretty cool socks and some pretty cool toys to help with that, so I had some special socks I to put on. So my feet were a little wet, so it took an extra minute or two to get that sock up that left foot. Um, but I wanted to make sure it was there because I didn't want to ride on it 12 miles. And, and then I had that first step off the bike and be like, Oh, because I didn't even know what it was. I thought I spent on a Lego about a week, two weeks ago. Um, to get out of bed. And then I took my other I'm like, That's not a Lego. I'm like, What the heck is that? And immediately I called back. I'm like, Something's wrong with my foot. <laughs> so, uh, she's like, All right, describe it to me. And I did. She's like, It's sort of of course, I googled it in went, went me. I'm like, oh my god, I'm dying. She's like, you're not dying. You'll be fine. She's like, it just sucks. Um, so I babyed it for a week and uh, like I said, though, I want to make sure that it was dry so I could get that sock on for the bike or, yeah, for the bike portion. Um, but other than that, it's a pretty smooth transition in the middle. Nice. So what kind of kit are you using? Uh, it's, uh, from Jason Reinhardt, his company. Um, he makes some sweet stuff, and it's all decked out uh, with uh, Team Serious gear, and uh, so I use um, short sleeve, I don't get like the sleeveless as much, um, and uh, the zip-up kind of high neck, um, kind of, I'm still a big guy, so I like to slim those curves down whenever I can, but um, probably wrap with the Team Serious stuff, um, it's got autism ribbons around the knee, or the leg bands, and the bands and neck bands for my son, um, and then Nutrisystem System, that Boost, and stuff for all the sides and stuff like that. So I used to pretty stoked at the finish because there's a pretty there's a pretty viral picture going around right now with me and Mike Riley and Nutra System was like, hey, that's our symbol running right up your leg there. I'm like, yeah, it sure is. Now I need some money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see any yet, but we'll see. All right. Now after you get to T1, how does T1 go for you? One goes way better back nine o'clock the night before, and she's like, "You need to go faster because every year you're there, for some reason, it's like twelve to seventeen minutes." She's like, "I don't know what you do." She's like, "But do something different." She's like, "It's not a place to hang out and talk and take a nap." She's like, "Get your butt in there, get what you need, and get out." And I committed to the run because it was not significant. There's, there's, it's probably for me. It's probably a five minute run from the water to the tent, um, and it took basically like five minutes out. So it's just a quick jog into the tent, and um, I mean, without the sandwich and everything else, I was able to just eat on the run. So I the that Literally, the longest thing it was to get my sock on, get the socks on, get the shoes on, um, get the bag ready to go, through the glasses on, and get out. I do all the sunscreen and everything prior to, because uh, my kids are all very sensitive to the sun, so I got really good sunscreen. So I just take all their bottles so I can put it on, and it lasts all day through the water, through everything. So it's a one time. Application, um, and then just get out. Know, I, I think my time was 11 or 12 minutes, something like that. It was still it was fine. Mm, that's great, even better. Um, and I felt good because I'm like, hey, I didn't waste a bunch of time. And for me, again, every single minute counts for me. Where a lot of people are like, oh, hey, I'm going to do this in 13 hours, or so if my transitions 15 minutes, so what? For me, I mean, there's six minutes right there. Well, that six minutes translates to me not finishing this race, so right there, there. It's real punchy, and I did it in like 45 uh, minutes. So I'm like, okay, cool. Hey, a little longer than I wanted it to be. I spent way too much time in T2, or not T2, especially, um, it's way too much time. Um, I did an interview. Should <laughs> have just said, like, hey, followed me, But uh, I was so excited that everything was going the way it was going that I just took a couple minutes. I said, hey, i want to rest the legs a little bit. Got off the bike, went to the bathroom, uh, because a lot of times I have a problem with a salt, I swap. Big time. Um, and the doctors were like, hey, just, yeah. you need yeah. to go to the bathroom more. You can't go to the bathroom once in 10 and a half hours. I'm like, yeah, you can. I do it all the time. I'm <laughs> like, well, That's one of your problems. And are like, you swell out the food you do. Because, and the doctor said, hey, if it's not as hot, you're not going to sweat it out. That's why I didn't swell and Boulder as much. And I was able to take so much fluid because it was 170 degrees of the heat index. She's like, it's probably going to be 80, it'll be a little humid, but 80, going to be a high. She's like, you won't sweat as much. So you've got to get that fluid out. So that's what I was doing. So there's probably, like I said, there's probably a good 30 to 40 minutes, honestly, on the bike that that I just need to learn learn how to maximize, do those things quicker and uh, get off off the bike as much and not take as much time out. But I was feeling really good, and I'm like, hey, i got uh, five hours to to come back through. So then you're telling yourself nothing to worry about. Now, you're not worried about the cutoff. The last thing you think about is cutoff, because it's just not a factor. Because you did that leisurely in four hours. So, you got nothing like that. Now, as far as the Koya Road here, how was the The Koya Road? road? Was there a lot of flats? No, but it's funny because I did see a lot of flats. I saw a lot of people, more than normal, uh, flatting, and it had to be user error is the only thing I can think of. I mean, was going to catch something, but the roads there are pristine. I mean, pristine. They're the nicest roads you want to ride on. The majority of the ride is out on the freeway. They close the whole northbound side of the freeway, and you don't ride on the shoulder. They want the shoulder. A lot of people do. A lot of people pass on the right, which was really weird. Um, I didn't say anything, because I'm just not that guy, but there were some people exchanging words. Because I had one guy come up. I was do 20 on the right. I'm like, what are you doing, man? i like not safe and they told you right on the road because we want the shoulder for emergency vehicles. No, right. so literally you have the entire right lane of the freeway for you going out and the entire right lane on the opposite side of the line coming back um, and then the opposite side of the freeway which is southbound becomes north and south which is kind of cool too because it backs up for people water on the, and, the and stuff and you see this huge traffic going on like kind of ram, ram, like um, wow but yeah, the roads are just absolutely, I mean, as far as roads go, without a doubt, the most pristine. And even the roads going into the town and stuff are just pristine. I mean, I don't know if they just don't use salt up here or, or what they do, because if that road was in Michigan, it be, be like, riding on the a are you fidgeting with something? Because I can hear some kind yeah. of static coming in, and it sounds like it's kind of a cord or tapping or something. Uh, let me see. Oh, I see what it oh, is. How long that sound there? Yes. Okay, I, I just want you to sound really good. Um, so the bend of the, the road is good and everything is good, did you see any wrecks or anything? Uh, I saw two wrecks really? um, yeah uh, one, coming I mean, up the hill which was really weird, but the guy kind of the one guy got off his bike but he didn't get off, like he didn't pull off to the side he just got off his bike and two people crashed into him um, and then another guy coming down the hill was just out of control, it was going too fast and um, he came around a curve and out and took three people with him and it's a drag to see that when you're just not paying attention. When you're when you're not paying attention, it's one thing. If when I've seen some video, uh, there was a video, some pro, and I don't even know who it was. She was flying, and it's like she had just a piece of dark matter or something. She just crashed, like within in the road. I, what race was it? I think it was it was a it was in Australia. Uh, it was Ironman Australia one of them? Uh, I think last year, or the year before, yeah. She's just going, uh, just going, just crushing it, twenty three, twenty four, and I literally just just doing it. And there was no. anything else was like, what? What caused that to happen? And the replay in slow motion, she just she just goes down. And no explanation, like like she had a ghost or something. Um, so, but other than that, it was just. I was surprised at the amount of flats. And then as it got later, the wind at that point of that really and it was, got yeah, pretty decent because it was two predicted two miles an hour all day. And like that is, like my cup, when I woke up and looked. It's like high of seventy eight one to two mile an hour winds, Uh, because I'm a pilot, so I use the um, aviation weather report, which is way more specific, especially for winds and humidity and parametric pressures and everything, so I use that one. I'm like, this is perfect. I'm like, this is absolutely perfect conditions. And I can see later in the day, it's going to pick up um, probably six to eight miles an hour or something like that. I'm like, wow, that'll be the tail end of the day. until the second lap when I came out i like, once I got done with the freeway I could feel it I'm like, oh, that's yeah. out there, the way the wind blows through the mountains up there, it's either cross or head all the way out and all the way back. You don't get you don't get the motel yeah, one. It's very similar from what I'm told to uh, Tona where you just get it's almost a but the way the freeway goes, everything else it's, it's literally either off your right shoulder or your left shoulder coming in your face out and back. So it picked up pretty good, and then we can really feel it on the big climb back up, that big, big hill climb we were talking about, like back up to the top of the freeway, um, where my speed the first lap was 8 or 9 miles an hour, and my speed was 3, and they're going up. Um, so right then or there, you know, hey, this would normally take me 8 or 9 minutes, it's going to take me 17 to 20 minutes, and it did. Wow. And like, wow, okay, alright, well, and then you say, okay, i got plenty of time, no big deal. Coming in when you want to grind, when you want to grind, not that little downhill coming in. It's just blowing, so my speed going out on that downhill was 18 or 19. My speed in the second that was like 12. Um, and I'm and I'm going. I mean, I'm pumping. I'm pushing out. I'm pushing 270 watts, um, which is good for me. And uh, and I'm in the bit, I'm in the ring. I'm just, the speed's just like. what it is now you're okay to change the wind um, you're down a little bit um, so you're not like completely burning your legs out because we try to ride at um, like 72, 75 cadence just with a lot of power because I have a really strong legs so we want to take advantage of those um, and just the, the speed just didn't translate like, but It was alright. I mean with that I wanted to be at the bottom of the hill by I think 5.15 the bottom of the last climb by like 5.15 and I'm like oh hey I, I think I hit it on 5.02 like and I'm like I don't. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so you get tired, and it's the, especially there, it's mentally tough because you'll, you'll climb and you come around a curve. You think it's going to go down, and you come around that curve, and then you just get going back up. And then you know, and there's two sections that are just like three or four turns where it's just turn, go up more, turn, go up more, turn, go up more. And you're just like, where do we have that thing? But it gets there, and as soon it's you in there, you're like, ah, yeah. And then you, you just yell at people. She has early onset Parkinson's, and she has uh, dystonia, which is basically, it's this crazy disease that it muscle cramps around your organs, and you can't see them, and nobody knows that like, you never look at someone and be like, "Oh, well, hey, you're having a dystonia attack, but you basically feel like you feel when you finish an Ironman all time, just in random spots. So in the morning when you wake up, that's how you feel. In the afternoon, when you are sitting on the couch, you might have like a trunk horse in your leg you get horse in your chest or in your abdomen um, around your liver or your kidneys. Um, so it's very hard to imagine how much that hurts. Um, and then with my kids Cameron, um, autism and the close head and everything else they need their dad um, and a guy that's really one going away from being a diabetic which uh, would cut 20 years off my life if not worse. Uh, I know a guy He's 44 years old he just dropped dead a hard to, I mean, out of nowhere. And it wasn't, like, out of shape where he never did anything to be healthy. Um, and I dropped it forty four from his day, And I'm like, I can't put my family in that position. So whenever I think about, well, like, if it's getting tough or if it's hard, i like, it's hard for my son when he is having an oxygen meltdown. And he does not have the skill set to make it easier. So he doesn't get to quit. My other son who has a close head injury, when he gets frustrated, he doesn't. There's no tool for him to just snap his finger and make his frustrations go away. Um, my wife, when she's in pain, there's no medicine for that. There's nothing that makes them better. So I should do everything I can possibly do to provide myself with the best possible health I can so I can be there for them for forever. Um, so whenever I think it's tough or anything like that, I'm like, hey, you know what? You, you make the choice to. Pizza and you made it like oh I'm, I'm fat because I'm fat I'm like no you're not i like sure there are people that I hate that are fiber and and that problems. sure there's there's always the exception but when you stop making an excuse for yourself and say hey I'm fat and people like you shouldn't say fat I'd be like yeah you can say it but when I'm fat because I eat 8,000 calories a day because I love food that's on, that's on me so it's on me to own that and say okay well what are we going to do to correct that so anytime it gets tough or anything anytime I'm looking for a reason but it's the kid it's, it's my voice it's like hey you know what I'd like to be 60 years old and watching them grow up and have their own kids and be a babysitter for them and provide them with a great life and um, so even now I'm still not the smallest guy in the world but I'm extremely like I go with a doctor she's like you have this bigger guy I have she's like your blood pressure is 110 over 70 your cholesterol 12 or whatever, it is, she's like, You were really the epitome of health, even though you got some high fat that I would like, You did not have. I mean, I lost 21 percent BMI between Boulder and Montreal. I mean, that's crazy. I lost both, what most people are. Um, and, and the cool thing is, there's more no, But for anybody that you gotta take a hard look, and we're looking for that why you gotta take a hard look, and you gotta get, you can't be yourself, so to speak, in the mirror. Because, yeah, you can oh so, you know, yeah, yeah, I look good, I feel, I feel great, but really, you really feel good you really look great. Well, the bad bottle of wine you drank last night really helped anything. Not to say you can't indulge, not to say you can't go out and eat a piece of pizza. Uh, you just don't want to eat the whole thing. I mean, you're not supposed to eat the whole pizza. That's probably right. if you ask me, but I like too. You have yeah, to but you gotta find, you gotta find that inner, whatever that is that if you have kids or you have pets or you have a partner. You've got something in your life. If you're doing this, you've got something in your life that, or if it's just for you, hell, if you're just a single person out there killing it, just, hey, I want to do this because this is what I want to do. I want to have a big, sweet thing mounted my wallet with all my medals on it. So whatever that why is, whatever your passion is, that will drive you through the darkest possible because I've been to the darkest places. I've been to to dark places throughout this journey at least seven times, and um, a lot of times the dark one. Your emotion, your why has a very deep emotional attachment to why you do this huge, huge. And it's not so much, and Siri said it best. She gave a speech the other night that I listened to, and we were talking about it on a live chat uh, earlier in the week. And she's like, You know, you can have the physical, you can go do every session, and you'll physically be able to do it. She goes, But at some point, it becomes purely. I sure, said, I'm going to make a copy of it and sign it myself and put it up in my office because it's really proof that you can do anything you want. And it's, it's not always, I mean, I am not the I'm not a specimen. of an athlete, so it's really, you know, like, if you looked up athlete on Wikipedia, it would not have my picture on it. But if you looked up motion, <laughs> I'd be right there. <laughs> i like, ah, there you go. That's what you need right there. you put that guy next to him and you're good. You got it. Wow. Um, so, so to kind uh, of get back on course uh, here, here? you're approaching the end of the bike how does your leg still are you mentally aware of where you're at and all of that How's that yeah. the last two miles No, two miles everything's downhill uh, coming into the crowd um everybody's cheering everything's good I actually slow down so it's nice cruising to uh, T2 and I looked at the watch and I said great I said I wanted to be in by six it was like 5.57 I'm like great I had three minutes because every minute three counts three minutes up um would have a chance to, have to run um I got my I got plenty of time, so I'm real happy with, um, really? I'm with everything. Life's been great. I feel really good. I'm not blown it I'm not dehydrated. I'm not, like, crazy hot. I mean, I was pretty warm, but I was, not like, like, sweating. A little, little chafing going on that I could adjust my heart. And I got to work out where the seams are, uh, I think, a little bit. But um, coming into the tent, everything was great. Best I've ever felt coming into T2. I'm like, hey. And I looked down. I said, I'm not seven hours. Delicious dagger on I've never had that where, okay, I got my splits are 330 30. Um, I got this. This is the weather's perfect. I feel great. Didn't have a problem. I was worried about my foot with the planner coming off. Didn't feel anything. And put my um, new shoes on. Felt amazing. I'm like, these are like cushions. I got it. And then I didn't sit down and I didn't have that sandwich. I just got up. The therapist was there. As far as hills, the first three hills going out, um, or first three miles going out, are very hilly, very hilly. And I told myself before, I said, I'm going to literally fast walk up the hill, run down the hill for three miles. That's all I'm going to do. do you know, whatever I need to do to keep to the lake path, because the lake path is three miles out, three miles back, and then I execute my run plan on the lake path. And cool. the the run plan was run five, walk two. So run for five minutes, walk for two minutes. Run for five, walk for two, and it was like a I think it ended up being like a 5.20 pace, which would have been like two and a half hours faster than any marathon I'd ever done. And that's what I trained for. We trained actually much harder. We trained for nine two, um, But with the way everything was going, I'm like, you know what? Go five two because you know you can maintain that all day long. That was kind of, I trained way harder than I wanted to race for. That way the race felt way easier. Um, and then I needed that mental... What I would I call it? That mental win when I did the first, when I walked through the hills and ran down and I got to the that path and then nailed the first 10 five twos. That was a huge mental win because I got out to the turnaround and It was still light. And I'm like, hey, this is awesome. And I wasn't looking. I trying to watch out, but I wasn't looking at it. And I said, okay, when you come back, you need to be in a transition or into special needs before. It's like pitch black. Because the sun sets at 8.30, it'll be dark by 9. So if you're there and it's like pitch pitch black, you know it's late. So you'll have to keep picking up a little bit. So just kept doing that. Uh, and I slowed down a little bit here and there. Um, a couple bathroom breaks that weren't planned. But again, I didn't want to keep too much salt in. But the nice thing was with the nutrition, everything felt great. I didn't have any bloating. I didn't feel gross. Like I didn't, because normally I don't want to take any food in or any beverages or anything in every mile anything, I feel like garbage but everything felt great sun went down I'm like okay we're in good shape We're three miles out because I came off the bike path and went like okay three miles to the village I know I got some hills a little slower on the hills than I wanted them to go but still everything higher and executed feeling great high five people at the aid stations encouraging people going out I ran into my buddy that we had talked about earlier because I had passed him on a bike and he was headed out as I was headed in uh, and I'm like well I'm like George you gotta keep going man I'm like don't stop I'm like getting late and got, I'm like I can't wait for you but you gotta keep going um, and then got into uh, special needs and I'm like I know I shouldn't do this but I'm gonna sit down. I'm like, get yeah, my my feet were starting to hurt a bit I'm like I had a pretty big blister going on the right foot I'm like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna, gonna sit this just for a minute I had to set down but I'm like, I said a lot in the run like, I had set stopped. I had to stop I executed like, give myself two minutes you reset the, the, result on the reward. reward yep exactly and I'm like you got plenty of times I looked at my watch and I was hoping that it would be 9.30, 30, right around 9.30, was like 9 and I'm like, oh man, I'm like, I got three and a half hours. I'm like, if I can't finish this in three and a half hours, again, yeah, I don't deserve to be out here just at the pace i that right now. Right? I knew it would get harder and as, it was get, as it was getting later because it was already, what, 13 and a half hours out, 13 and a half hours then it's a long day uh, to be going. But I looked at the watch watchbook and I'm like, alright, I'm like, trying to get up. And the camera guy goes, well, I'm like, can't sit here. I'm like, every going to count now, but I've got, I've got the time. Now I'm have the heart. Um, same thing, I went out, same um, thing, walk, walk the hills, run the, I told myself, if you run all the downhills, even if you walk the rest of this thing in, you've got it, but you've got it, I made a deal with myself, I said, you got to run the downhills, because there's a bunch coming in too, where you can pick up a lot of time, I mean, I can walk, at that point I was walking like a 15, 30 pace, which was enough, but if I can make up 30 seconds on every downhill, there's 12 downhills in 6 minutes. So I just said, I made a deal with myself, I said, hey, even if you can't run, keep you've got to this you've gotta hold the pace. Took off, felt great, um, and then I got to the point where we couldn't run the five, so I said, okay, you're going to run 200 steps. I'm gonna literally count to 200, 200 a right? so foot on the ground, and then I'm gonna walk 75. But the 75 was actually like 300, because it'd be like one, two, three, two, two, three, three, But it was something that kept my mind off looking at the signs. Um, because I felt, I mean, I was tired, but the nutrition was still there. I was thinking, at the state station, I would literally go, dairy water, Red Bull, or Coke, uh, and sort or something. And it was it was good, because I don't do gels well. I just, I don't like them. I don't like the way they taste, and they don't do it for me. Um, and then I got really excited when I got to the park. Because of the hour delay, the generators ran out of gas on the lights. So the bike path is like crazy, because you're, I mean, you're in the middle of northern Canada in home, so there is no light. And it was, so, it was so dark that I actually got a little frustrated because I couldn't run. You I literally could not see to my feet. And also um, you didn't have, have a light or anything thing. on you. I didn't have a headlight on you because normally they have, like, glow sticks and stuff. But um, for whatever reason, they didn't have them. They moved on special needs this year. And normally they had them with special needs and they didn't. And um, so I couldn't, I, couldn't get, I couldn't get anybody that had any. All the kids had them. All the volunteers had them. Just, and I should have probably asked for one. But, so I couldn't run on the path because I was worried that I would fall. I'm like, if it turns left, or turns right, and I'm not paying attention, and I fall, that's it. But I'm getting back up. So And it was pitch black, and you can see somebody coming um, from the turnaround. But when I got to the turnaround, it was cool. It's like, uh, I thought about my kids a lot because it looked like a really cool, like somebody's house on Halloween that really goes all out and decorates their house up and they eliminated the whole trail with those sticks. Um, and they were, like, banging their, um, their bells and everything. So we had to the turnaround, and I got under the sign where the last cough sign was. And that was a huge mental checkoff for me. How did that feel oh, it was Oh, it was, like, it was like the whole weight of the entire race and the entire day came off the shoulders. Because not only had I made it, but I was an hour and a half ahead. Because I looked at my watch for the first time, I'm like, Man, it's 11.30. I've got an hour and a half, and I know less than six miles from the finish so I just did the math in my head real quick I'm like that's a 1630 pace that's all you gotta do and now you know that they're not coming for you and for me that's a huge 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 win because now I know nobody's gonna come up and say hey you're done um, no matter what I get the cross the finish fine so it's, a, it's such a huge relief for me to have that especially six times that doesn't happen was that the uh, most for you? oh it was huge huge I almost broke down getting emotional about it right now, because now I know, hey, I've got it. I've got it. So now it's just up to me. Hey, did you do enough physical work? Are you mentally strong enough to carry yourself in? Because at that point, everything hurt, and everything was rough, and my feet were blistered pretty bad, and there was no more running. Uh, There was like a quick walk, a quick 200-step walk, but there wasn't much more than that, and there were only four people behind me. So I saw the bikes coming the other way, and I'm like... I felt terrible for those people because I, I am those people every other race. Um, but I just kept telling them, like, you got to keep going. You got to keep digging, keep digging. Um, and then at mile 22, you know, the lake was coming kind up. Of, the lake's kind of like the last indicator to get you up like that, to get you into that little town that you run through. And, you know, you're almost three miles away. And I was yelling. I'm like, where the heck, this is lake. I know this lake is supposed to be here. And I was pissed because I knew it was there. I finally thought it and I'm like, okay. And I looked at the watch and it was midnight. I'm like, all right, I got fifty-five minutes to go three miles. I'm Like that's eighteen minute miles. And then um, the referees and the officials had come out and I'm like I'm looking at him like, if you're here for me, I'm like we're literally gonna fight. I'm gonna fight this pick, and we are gonna fight. I'm like you're not. they're not gonna like, no, 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 no. I'm Like we want to let you know like that Dave Downey and the group from BCC that are following you with your camera guy, Nick, are on the radio right now. They're yelling through the radio. And they're like, you got this, man. You got it. you got going to finish. Right? We're we'll following you right now. They're like, just don't stop. And I'm like, holy crap. These people from 2,000 miles away that I only met once in Boulder are calling on the radio from their, uh, their counterparts in, in Canada. And I'm like, well, i got this. I'm like, you just wait for the finish. And then um, the guy was like, listen, Mike's been talking about you for an hour. He's literally been talking about you and told everybody your story. He's like, so just keep this pace. As long as you keep this pace and don't stop, you're good. And then at like mile 24, my right hamstring goes crazy. And I'm literally oh crazy. Just cramped first cramp I had all day. And it just goes nuts. And I am I stop for a second. And as a don't stop, I'm like, you don't stop. Like, I have to stop. And I literally, I looked up at my and I said, I need you for two and a half more miles. I said, you can feel like crap for a month. I don't care. I'm like, I literally like I was sitting there talking to myself. I'm like, two and a half more miles. You're 138 miles into this. You're not going to quit on me now. And I just like, punching the side of my thigh. Um, I'm like, you're not, this isn't going to happen. I'm like, you're going to, we're getting this done. Um, and then got into a downhill. So I walked past through the downhill and um, came around the corner. And I could see all the lights. And you can hear him call people in because it echoes across the lake. There's another lake there where you swim, and it echoes. And I can hear him call people in, call people in. And I can hear him say, hey, there's 30 people left on the race course. And I heard them say, hey, there's 20 people left on the race course. Then I heard them say, hey, there's 10 people left on the race course. And that's when I got to the bottom of the hill. in the village, and I looked on. and said, okay, I got nine minutes. I got to go up two hills, around the corner, past the little aid station, and then in the village. And there's one little hill in the village. So I was like, no, stop now. Nine minutes is a long time, but you're still about three quarters of a mile. At this point, how How was your emotions? Were you going all out together? Yeah, I was trying to because it was so, the day was, it didn't feel long until then. And I'm like, man, I've been out here so long. Uh, Everything hurts, but nothing hurts. Uh, And Siri told me, she's like, you know, you can feel what you want to feel. So if you want to feel like crap, you're going to feel like crap want to feel great, you know, got to feel great, and I told myself, I said, well, how do you feel? I said, I feel great, so, okay, we feel great, and I said, if you want to be epic, you got to do epic things, and this finish would be epic, um, and that was it, that's all I needed. I came around where they used to have special needs, It came around that last corner, and then all the police and fire and EMS all hang out at the top, and they're all like, dude, you're a badass, keep going, um, and then coming around the last corner is usually around the drunk people hang out. all the people got their, like, boozellas, and they're all drunk and ringing their bells. And they're like, listen, up that hill, around the corner, it's all downhill. And then I hit the corner, I looked at my watch, and I'm like, oh my God, I made it. Wow. There's no way, even if you walk, there's no way you would finish in within. I had, like, I think seven minutes or six minutes to go, and I had 100 meters. Wow. And then the camera guys came out, they're like, you ready? And I'm like, "Let's, let's do it. So there was a guy behind me, a guy to my side, in front of me all chasing me and then I saw some people I had mean, some friends of mine that were there were up higher of course and were high five and everything and I came around and I'm like and when you make the last turn before you get to the final part of the shoot I didn't see a lot of people like the hell is everybody and then I came around the corner for the last run in and I saw lights and I saw Mike and then I saw so many people um I just pointed at Mike and he was he pointed back and it was great it was it was the craziest thing I've ever, ever experienced. I mean, I, I didn't want to, I had to, I wanted to celebrate after I crossed the line in case there was anything wrong with the times or anything. Uh, and I saw it was like 12.52, uh, I'm right, like, well, I have three more minutes. So I didn't know I had, I had to be at 58, not 55, so I had an extra three minutes. But I literally ran underneath the thing and I turned around and I grabbed my knees for a minute and I bent down and looked back up and Mike was, uh, Mike was very, emo- Very emotional normally don't get to see him like that, and, uh, he called me Iron Man again, um, which I know he doesn't very rarely do, which was really, I knew that, and it was really special, and then I put my arms up in the air, and there were so many people, and it was so loud, and everybody was cheering, and I, I, did it again, and the crowd was, like, I was hyping up the crowd, I threw my arms up in the air, and it felt like I in the Super Bowl, and then I turned around, and there was a sea of people, there were people everywhere, um, and the lights and I can see myself on the screen I'm like holy crap what is all this and they grabbed me and pulled me down they're like hey and I pointed out one of the cameras so I started talking to cameras and then they turned me around and Cody was there um, so I got to talk to Cody for a couple seconds I'm like dude you're my hero and he's like hey he goes, he goes that was the coolest thing I've ever seen I'm like you just won the race he's like yeah but that was awesome uh, so he gave me a hug and he gave me my medal and um, yeah it was it was something else um, i probably I mean short of my kids being born not about the craziest day of my life. Crave, just crazy. Just to have all those people out there um, cheering for a total stranger. I mean, because we all had that. We all battle all day. Um, and I, I talked to some pros after that. I said, you know, we all battle super hard. He goes, um, I kind of like, even Tio, when I talked to him in rally one time, he goes, you know, you know, I battle for eight hours. Hopefully eight hours is enough and I win. He goes, but I go as hard as I can go for those eight hours. He battle for 17 hours. And you go as hard as you can go for those 17 hours and hopefully it's enough You know, so it's not like it's any harder for either one of us it's just different than what we're looking to do he goes but a guy like you that's out there for 17 hours that versus eight you know, that's just that's so mentally tough to be able to do that my, my cousin who doesn't give out a whole lot of praise a whole lot because he's just a hardcore traffic guy sent me a message that resonated for the first time ever he's like you know I just thought about it he goes to do what you did 17 hours is insane you know, it's because most people would just quit because number one, their body quit hours before and that's the truth by about 15 hours you're, you're fried, you know, quit for two hours to find enough juice to, to get it done, to get after it and then I told people, I said you know, no matter how much you want to quit I can tell you that finish line is there's no pain, you don't feel anything, there's there's nothing I told them, I told the guy that we had down a lot of people that finally got my finisher hat my finisher t-shirt and I walked into the food tent I'm like I've never been inside the food tent there wasn't any food left it was all gone <laughs> there were some chips and some water I'm like man I want chocolate milk and they're like well, sorry it's all not. I'm like, you know, I just want to see what the inside of this thing looks like on race day because I've never been inside it so I sat there I'm like I'm to to picture myself inside this thing um, so yeah it was, it was about as epic as it can be wow so, so uh, what's it like to uh, persevere through six DMFs and then finally get that finished, how would you sum that up? You know, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't even know. Uh, I don't know yet, um, because it doesn't even feel real. Um, I got, I was really emotional. I mean, the whole night, I literally, I went home and I I went to, and the one sucked, is because my hotel is at the very top of the hill. I'm like, oh my god, I gotta walk up to the top of the hill. Luckily, the camera guys helped me drag, drag all my stuff up there, but, um, it hasn't really said it yet. Like I was thinking today, today's Saturday. So six days ago, what I was doing this week, last Saturday, and I was sitting there thinking to myself, hey, it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. i probably just dropped my bike off. And I'm thinking to myself, man, can I get this done? Can this be the one? Can this can this work? All the things that can go wrong, what can go right? How how can I control it? And now to think I get it that, hey, you've got it done. you figure out a way mentally that, I think serious that it best is I'll never worry again about not finishing. It's just now it's not part of the narrative anymore. So now it's like, okay, can I change the times and where can I get better and where, where is there time out there to be had to go do it again if I want to do it again? Um, but it translates over the journey for the last three years, translates over to everything I do in my businesses, with my kids, um, anytime, any with my kids I always say, I can't do that. I'm like, gee, Or my employees, I can't do that. Or my friends or people in business, oh, I, I can never do that. Yeah, you can. Absolutely, you can. not Trust me. When you think you're done, you're not done. Like when when I, I had a conversation with Randy once, and I said, you know, what do you do when you get off the bike and you're 15 minutes back to the best female in the world? She goes, well, it's fun to know that they're afraid. Goes, there's not a time gap big enough for me off the bike that they can have where they know I'm not coming. She goes, and it's the best. (laughs) She goes, it's the best to be this little five-foot-three ball of fire just coming at them, and they know I'm coming. She goes, and plays on their psyche, she goes, they know I'm coming. And I've seen her run. It's a a thing of beauty. But just to have that mental strength inside her to know. She she said, she goes, you just have to be willing to embrace the suck more than anybody else. She goes, you know it's going to hurt. She goes, so as long as you're willing to suffer more than they are, can't beat you, and that really goes in life as long as you're willing to to suck it up and do what you have to do, no matter how much it sucks. yet at 15 hours, you don't want to keep walking. Your feet are fried. Your back's fried. Your head hurts. Your hands are sore. Everything sucks. But hey, you have two more hours in for special needs and three and a half hours out, do you have three and a half more hours to get, you can quit any you want. When you raise it everybody in your eye on the ticket get you a mic, and then get your snack and then look at you some air conditioning and give you a nice cozy ride back and um, get you up to the hotel room and no one care. It's okay. No shame. But it's do you have that toughness in you? Do you have that drive? What what is it that makes you say, Okay, hey, three and a half hours, let's go. After the first time I've ever in this race, I had three and a half hours out of especially as I'm like, lake, yeah, let do it, let's go. We're normally like F this. I don't want to do this. This sucks. There's nothing good about this. I'm not going to finish anyway. So what am I going to bother? And for some reason, I was able to almost race before keep going. Um, but this time I wanted uh, the differences. This time I wanted to keep going. I wanted that. I wanted to know what that felt. Because I had it once. You know, I was saying taste late. I had it once. And with the story and everything behind it, I'm like, man, this is like a TV movie. It's like a lifetime movie, man. I'm like, I got to be what it's like, and it was—it was everything you could possibly imagine it to be. I'm like, I, I said, I'm like, this is probably what Tom Brady feels like when he throws that that pass to win the Super Bowl. Um, because that's what it was. That was my, it was my Super Bowl. And like I said, that picture of me and Mike it epitomizes everything that I worked for for three years. I mean, you can't—you can't fake that emotion. You can't. I talked to him the next day, um, and he's like, that was. For me, that was one of the most intense finishes I've ever had because there's so much to it, there was so much behind it. And you just, he goes, you just, like, you're like rocking, you just wouldn't take no for an answering. You just kept getting each race, just beat you to the core, and somehow you were able to get back up and keep going. He goes, and That's what this whole thing is about, it's just getting back up, finding a way to get back up, and just race two, race three. Yeah, I, I'm, like, I'm never doing this. And literally, at the end of each one of those races, and I told back last year in Boulder, I'm like, i throw my bike in the reds. so we can have it. i never sign up for these again. This is the worst thing in the world. After this, after that, I hate this. This is stupid. Why would anybody do this to themselves? And then the next week, or literally for me, the next day, I'm like, all right, what, what's the next race? What are, we, what are we doing? And it was never an option to quit, never. It just wasn't. It wasn't in the cards. So even if I never did, other race again, um, it would make a difference because I, I got what I came here to get. Um, and now the question is, what else is there more out there to get? Yeah, so it so, so kind of leads into the, the question of what's next for you. Um, that's a good question. Um, evidently I didn't qualify for that fancy race in a couple weeks ago enough, so um, (laughs) (laughs) imagine (laughs) that (laughs) you would have thought you would have thought, thought, I'm like uh, what are you doing next, I'm I'm going to Hawaii Um, but um, through all of this, I was very fortunate a a group from the challenge group in Europe um, saw the videos um, and this is prior to my finishing uh, Montreal last week, but they had saw the videos and they reached out to BCC reached out to me and said, you know, um, these people want to get a hold of you. Can we give you their project information? I said, yeah, sure. So they reached out and said, you know, you are what we believe mm-hmm. is you know, like the average Joe. You know, the average guy that represents the, the people that work a full-time job and have a family and have a life outside of this. And they know they'll never necessarily win their age group or win a world championship, but they do it for the love of doing it. And that's kind of what we're all about and we would love for you to come to Germany and uh, participate in Channel 4 and I really didn't know what it was very similar to I Man, I didn't know a whole lot about it I'm like okay and they're like okay I'm like yeah I mean I'm like I'd love to do it I got excited about it um, and then after the conversation I googled it and I'm like holy crap like not only is this huge but it's like like, like the cone of Europe bigger it's I mean everybody all the interviews I watched and everything and then I called back and said you know they reached out and now we'll be a and she was like are you you told me that's yes, right I'm like yeah she's like when well, you should call back and get more excited and then we did our, our interview and it was really the excitement was there and they're like oh okay I'm like yeah I didn't even know she's like yeah 250,000 people come out and it's like usually I know back. it's like a warm record there I think in 2009 before Chrissy took it back um She's like, it's the greatest, probably the greatest race on earth. Um, she's like, they built the stadium just for the finish. Um, so I'm very, very honored to do that. So I think what we're going to do is try and lose a ton of more weight. I'm probably going to try. My goal is to get down to about 85 kilos, which is about 180 pounds. So that'll get my total weight loss to 179 pounds. Um, and they're really healthy because there's only 15. You only have 15 hours there, not 17. Um, so I got about five two hours, uh, but I guess it's not as hilly, um, by any means. And I guess the race, the running horse is super flat, um, so it's, a course, built for speed. Um, uh, she's like the only big hill at Solar Hill, and I promote I some videos at Solar Hill, so it looks like the Tour of France, there's about 30,000 people that help build the hill, so even John Vernail was saying that it's, it's almost comical not how many people are there and, um, how crazy it gets, and I talked to Polyphopes, my buddies, um, with the photographers to the Olympics and there's a great picture of him taking pictures and he's like yeah he's like it's like being on another planet he's like so it'll be really cool so um that's kind of like the next thing so it's gonna be pretty much we'll take a month off I gotta get some surgery uh take care of uh nothing catastrophic but uh, my wife evidently says there should be no more kids coming <laughs> out of this. so um so I'm thinking sure yeah well I tried to twice and uh one of them, something was wrong with the insurance, and that didn't work. And then we had our fourth baby because of that. Um, and then we just kept having babies. So um, you, so you know, need cable, TV, or that's what I need. I need more triathlon in my life. Uh, so you know, we're gonna, I'm going to take care of that and kind of uh, take some time to get the bowling alleys up, back, and running, and um, get that all squared away. And then uh, probably in like October, uh, is come up with a, a good game plan to get a bunch of weight down and really focus on the run. That's going to be kind of my main main focus um, is to really get that down to a, a real respect to become a runner. That's my goal, is to, instead of being afraid of the run, is to learn to love to be a runner as much as I love to swim and uh, love to bike and try uh, to get it down to where I'm um, a half or three and a half hours faster my next race could be three-hour PR on the run, which is for me and, and the entire half marathon, which is crazy. So lots of lots of big goals, and lots of big dreams, and um, now the mental now the mental edge uh, that, like you said, for trying to go after that perfect race. Um, and for me, that was on Sunday, uh, as perfect as I can execute. But knowing there's a lot more out there to go get, so now it's okay. What's the next level? And, What's the next piece? And I just happened to be able to do that in one of the most fantastic backdrops in the whole world. So very lucky very lucky to do that and uh, represent the team well and um, in between try and, uh, try and get as good as I can get so I look better in and some stuff and go from there. Nice. So what was it like whenever you got to your phone night deny the race? I didn't, actually, um, because I knew that from, from what I had experienced, before, and all the, oh, hey, good try next time. I knew it was going to be the opposite, and I knew I wouldn't be able to go to sleep. <laughs> um, I was really, I just wanted to grab it and just start calling everybody, but um, back home it was 1.30, almost 2 o'clock in the morning, and then am older it was almost midnight, and I know everybody goes to bed because they're all, get up at 5 o'clock in the morning or 4.30. So I deliberately left it on it because I left it in the hotel room on purpose because I didn't want to be distracted with it. So I left it upside down uh, in the minister Road. And I in a bathtub uh, and I had a, piece, I had a piece of cherry pie. It's always been my, my goal. My, my prize was a piece of cherry pie. In every race that I went to, I bought a piece and I never ate it. I was thrown away. I'm like, you did not earn that pie. For you don't get the pie. So I grabbed that cherry pie out of the little mini fridge and I literally sat in the bathtub. I ate a piece of cherry pie, and I'm like, this is the greatest, this is the greatest and grossest thing of my life. (laughs) And I stunk. I smelled so bad. It was horrible. Like, you could smell yourself. I, like, wrapped everything in a bag, and I was gonna grab the phone when I, like, hobbled to the bed. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna do this in the morning. And, um, the phone actually died because it wasn't plugged in. Shocker. Um, from all the messages and everything. But when I turned it on, it was, it was literally The phone couldn't keep up. Um, had 390 the little icon things to 397 um, notifications, and I saw all the, I just started going through all of the videos, and then I saw back and and the entire team, um, how crazy they were going throughout the whole night. I mean, they started typing in at about 10 o'clock, which is 8 o'clock Boulder time, so they fell the whole day, Um, and then my wife and then all my family, it was, I said, I hope I didn't miss anybody, because it took probably Better part of three hours just to go over. Everything. Like they're total strangers, people I don't know. Like, hey, he's off the bike. He's off. He's out of the water. He's he's halfway through the bike. He's out of the run. Um, Get your ass moving. Got to run out of time. Just every emotion, and I literally relived the entire race. And then I made the mistake of uh, watching the finish because the guys at succeed sent me the raw cut, and I was I was a hot mess. I'm, I'm literally in my bed like tears running on my face I'm like I can't believe I did that I cannot believe and then um, then I called my wife and then I called back in Siri and they were beyond like that, that was the craziest phone conversation I've ever had they were screaming uh, in the phone and then I said you know what, I want to go down again. I have to get a finisher shirt um, so I got myself together and went downstairs and when I got down there um, people were like oh man because I had keep serious shirt I was like I'm like, that was the greatest thing ever. I'm like, I'm looking around, like, are you talking to me? And I'm like, dude, you're such a badass. And I'm like, thought about the shirt. And then somebody grabbed me. They're like, hey, you need to go into that tent right now. And I walked into the tent, and Mike was talking about the finish. And he's like, and he literally was, was one of the most special finishes. Uh, that had a part, and he was, I've uh, I think, 177 Ironmans or something. And he goes, and it's because of this guy. And they played the video. And he's like, is Brian here? And i hand, and everybody stood up. There's 2,000 people in there, and then the volunteers, and I'm like, I'm looking around like, uh, and they're, they're going crazy, and he's like, all right, so this is to put together the video um, that won't come up for a couple days, so they play the video, and at the end, it's me, and the very end of the video, is me, like, going at the, at the screen curtain after I go through the finish line, and I feel bad because there was four people that made the cutoff behind me. The video ends right there. I'm like, well, look, I'll support people that made it. Um, but because, because you know what it's like, like to be them. them. Yeah, no, I know what it's like to be them. And I went out and gave the guy, because at 1 o'clock in the morning, they turned, they turned the audio off um, and Mike leaves. I mean, he was out there for as long as we were. But then one guy had come in. And I made a point to go down there and give the guy I because no one was there. And he had come in like three minutes late. Um, so I went out there and I gave him a high five. I'm like, you, you're an Iron Man. He's like, no, I'm stuck. I'm like, no, dude, trust me, no. I'm like, you're a badass for, for walking across that line. I said, mark my words, you'll you'll get it. And I saw song is a banquet. And he's like, man, you didn't see me, Doug. He's like, man, you were there last night. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I was. I'm like, because I've met you six times. Uh, and that was his second one. So he's like, he's like, I'll get it. I'm like, yeah, you better. He's going to Maryland uh, in six six weeks or whatever it is. What's he's his name? Like, uh, I don't even know. He's like, I'm a church um, but, um, I guess Dave, i have to look it up. I think he followed me on Facebook. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was something. So I'm just sitting there watching everybody get their awards and everything. And, um, then literally for the last six days, the social media and the Twitter, and, um, some people tweeted me about they literally taking pictures and videos, and, um, they'll tag me, and like Riley and Michael started into a conversation that all started in, so him and I started talking. Other people, and the people say, "Hey, I didn't finish here. I was this close?" And we're both like, "Hey, go get it! Go get after it! Get back up there!" And Mike's like, "You're can You know you can do it." I'm like, "Holy crap!" The voice I Man is like, compared me to what these people need to do. And so now it's it's almost like a job for me to make sure that I uh, help other people. That's my goal in life: is to get other people who are just like me, who are frustrated like I was, to get them across the line. Folks here, it's like I'm write a book. Do something to get these people uh, motivated. I wrote, a, I wrote a big, heartfelt letter to uh, Iron Man today, thanking them for everything they've done and telling them that um, whatever I can do to help them get people going and get people to, I said, it's kind of like going to Mount Everest, and um, there's some people that just go to the, they call it the summit base camp, and, you know, summit, you get all the way to the last base camp where the summit came to go up, and it's like, Five or ten thousand dollars just to go on this experience, but it's just like, hey, get there. And I told him, I said, this is like my summit. This is like getting the summit camp. It's enough. I said, if anybody wants to, from a summit team, wants to come down and grab me and go over to Hawaii with them to, 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 to I that cake, I still will go with you. But it's it's that. That's how important it is to me. And I said, now I got to pay that, pay that forward um, to everybody that wants to listen. So, wow. So we already know what's next, we've already talked about your definition of perfect race, and we've talked about a lot on this episode, yeah. and Brian, thank you so much for coming on again and sharing your experience, because I understand how grateful you are just to be a part of this community, and you know what it's like to be at the very back, and how to get through all of these mental, emotional breakthroughs that not everybody gets to experience, in you can get wrapped up in getting depressed of, I didn't get it once, I didn't get it twice, but six times you persevered Next great thing and um, help people along the way. So it's just it's just been a crazy fun journey, and I don't know where it's going to go next. Wow. So now we know what your definition of a perfect race is. What race is? The ultimate goal of any triathlete that really wants to aspire to, to be great. And she's like, Well, the world championship, in do She's like, But it's one of the only things on this earth that you can't, literally, you cannot buy your way into. You have to earn the right to be there. And um, with a legacy program. there on your left and you're looking at the ocean you're looking at all the people on the pier and that's what I think about at night. so one way or the the other we're going to make that happen like I told myself after five so one way or the other we're going to find a finish so um, after seven you see I'm a pretty determined guy so we'll be talking one one day we might have some gray hair or no hair um, for me but one way or the other uh, we'll be talking about it yeah uh, one day and I'll be describing how that feels and, and it'll be awesome so, to kind of give a better understanding of your whole adventure here, you drove 12 hours up there, and you had to drive 12 hours back home. Yeah. When did you get home, and what time of day was that, and what was it like when you got home and saw your family? I decided, um, because I slept in a little bit on Monday, and then went down to um, get uh, a finisher shirt and a hat and stuff like that, I um, the, I wasn't planning on going to the awards, but they called me in, and then that. so I ended up having lunch and I said you know what I'm just going to take um, half that I'm going to cut it up in two days so I'm going to drive for about six hours um, and I actually pulled over inside the road and slept for about an hour because I, I was so tired um, and they got into just north of Toronto which is about halfway it's uh, like nine o'clock so I'm like you know what We're going to find hotel with without a tub tub.'" We're just going to hang out and sleep. And my wife's like, yeah, take your time. Don't worry about getting back. I'd rather have you in one piece. Because after the nap, I felt good. I'm like, hey, I'll drive home. And I'm like, no. Um, we usually got up and then took the better part of six hours to drive home. Um, and it was cool because uh, the kids were napping. When I got home, about 2 o'clock, all the kids were either playing on electronics or napping, so they didn't know I was home. So I popped myself up on the couch and uh, they were on the TV. And when they woke up, they were coming across. The, we have a little balcony and We were coming across. And the... Uh, Fourth so time he saw me, and didn't tell anybody that I just got super big. He came out, and then they all saw me freaked out. So it was uh, a, a very careful jump on eggs, but I like, they had jump we all jumped me. We roll around like oh, oh, I'm like let's go, it was easy. Um, but the first thing they looked at me like, what your metal? I'm like, all oh, was in the front seat of the car, so they went and got it. So they've been taking turns wearing it around the house. Um, and it was a very, very touching moment because um, they asked me all the time of little well, why. Are you- I don't understand it right now, but I'm doing it for you guys. Um, and the oldest guy—he got a be emotional. Um, really, things. yeah, oh yeah. And it was—it was very, it was a very intense moment. My wife was trying not to tear up. I'm trying not to tear up right now. But um, he's just like—he's uh, like, I can't believe you did it. He's like, I honestly didn't think you could do it. He goes, so he goes, so I don't have any excuses anymore, in life friends. Right? Yeah, unfortunately, no one. He goes, okay. He's like, um, and he's been making jokes about it last couple of days because they're still off to school so he's like well, "Hey, yeah, I was going to go cut the grass and I just don't think I have any energy and I'm like well he's like oh well, yeah you do not make but I probably go cut the grass I'm like well the cool thing is we have a grass service so you don't have to do it but it's been really fun to um, just hang out with them and be home with them because I've been doing a lot of work uh, in the last couple of days and um, let it just sink in I just kind of just almost like a, a party like I'm making my favorite homemade bread in the whole world uh, later on uh, tonight for tomorrow we're just going to hang out we're just going to eat it and uh, I only make it like twice a year and we're just going to hang out and uh, like I said they won't get the gravity of it because they're so little until much further down the road but if it translates to each of them at some point in their life saying hey my dad did this to prove to me that I can do anything that I ever want to do then that right there is more special than anything. they ever going to call her or climb up Mount Everest. And that was the funny thing. Is, my wife goes, what are you going to do now? She goes, are you done? I said, well, I think so. I said, I think I've done for a while anyway. And then I was watching the show about Mount Everest and she looks at the TV and she looks at me and she's like, don't even think about it. <laughs> and I started laughing. I'm like, she's like, She's like, I'll support you through 10 items She was, what? She was like, I'm not. She's like, just just change the camera. Does that make 10 up. finishes? What's that? She said, 10 Ironmans, so does that mean 10 finishes? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay, <that's laughs> yeah, cool. I At least you not You do put any limit on it. So uh, listen this, she's probably going to slap me. But uh, I said, well, I said, you know, I said that it'd be pretty cool. And she's like, you need to change the channel right now. But that's kind of how, that's kind of how I do things in my life. And that's why I went right to the full day society, man, because a lot of people asked when I first decided to do it after they said, well, you're going You don't want to do an Olympic or a Sprint or even a half I'm like, wow. I'm like anybody can do that They're like well no not anybody can do those I'm like well I in my life I've always done it where I go for the biggest possible thing I don't uh, I don't like the little the little taste I gotta have the full full taste and No. against the And those sessions, they were just too hard. Um, I didn't tell her at the time that they were too hard. And, um, so each time we did it, so we went to Troubault again. So I did a, I did a half. Uh, I did the half in um, Steelhead. And I actually finished. So I was like, hey, cool, After finished half, so I should be able to finish the full. So you did a 70.3 after Montremblant, the A&F, yeah. and, and in between the next Ironman, which was what? Yep, which would have been Montremblant again in 2016. Um, so I did the, the Steelhead half i did it in like 8 hours and 26 minutes whatever it was but I got a finish. I'm like cool hey I got a medal hey, this is sweet I'm not this out this is good and it's only 3 or 4 weeks before Tremblant is it was at the very beginning of August um, or last week July whatever it was so I'm like cool and then I get to Tremblant and I was really concerned because it was pouring down rain pour, I mean a down pour um, to the point where they almost canceled the swim and like i can't remember my bike and I it's actually going to be fine. I'm like, oh, well. I'm like, I'm going to fall. The mountains are crazy. They're just too fast. But after about 10 miles into the rain, it was no big deal. So um, I get out. The first lap, everything was good. The second lap, I popped a tire in special needs. I'm like, well, that's weird. Why did that happen? But then it started slowly, And I'm going to find out the valve stems that we had put together were put together incorrectly because I needed valve extenders. The stem extenders. And that had put them together before put them together incorrectly. So I was leaking all the way out the freeway. And I'm just running. And I had not on the lap in like three, thirteen. So I was like, great. I, I got tons of time. I mean, a 7 hour bike gives me 8 hours off the line. I'm in great shape. And then it just started slowly getting, slowly getting. because of all of the weather, there was a ton of crashes. Um, and all the tech guys were out. So it took forever. I was down for almost an hour and a half waiting before And I got into the seventh. I had gone through all of my tubes and all, I had five tubes and seven cartridges. Um, People, I always joke that people thought I was the tech guy Um, and not at a participant in a race, but I was actually one of the bike service guys. Um, And then I got out to finally tech support team and gave me a new wheel. I got out to the turnaround the bell, and they stopped me. And I'm like bull, bull already. I'm like, I've got an hour to get to the next cutoff, which is at the climb of Concepcion. So Get out of my way, and they're like, "No, we, have, we reserve the right to stop if we don't think you can finish." I'm like, "All these people here, they can't finish." I'm like, "You let me go, I can, I can finish." I remember I kick my bike helmet over the median and into oncoming traffic. Um, and I felt kind of like a jerk, I felt like a spoiled brat because I'm on the bus and I'm waiting for everybody else to come in so they can stop them. And all these people behind me were all like celebrating, "Hey, we made it this far!" And blah, blah. They're like, "Hey, buddy, you should come back here." I'm like, "Listen." This is the loser bus, okay? I'm like, I'm so happy that all of you did as good as you did. I said, I'm not taking that away from you. I'm like, but this is the loser bus. This is the bus for losers. We're all losers. So I'm going to sit up here loser Loserville. You guys have your party because, again, I'm not taking anything away from you. And I'm a jackass for saying this, but this is the suck bus. So embrace this. Well, I could keep going um and then immediately I'm like okay when's the next race that I can do and with the schedule and everything it was Boulder I'm like you know what I'm gonna come to Boulder 2017 and I'm gonna i want to do it and we're gonna kill it and you're gonna be there to finish and she's like right on I love it so we trained and trained and trained and um I came up there probably three different times to train at elevation with them in a couple of camps and everything and um just got after it and um out on the bike course, and the bike course was tricky, because you had to go up Nelson over three times, it was just, you know, there was a cool. switch back, like, oh, yeah, off flew little highway on that little path, you yep. know, got all goofy, and then the, you got on the way back into town, because uh, in 16, you had to, or 17, you had to ride back into town, you ride on the bike path, and nobody knew where they were going, it wasn't marked right, and then when you got into town, it was so late, they were taking a course park, so we literally, three of us had to stop at a red light and wait for traffic because they had the course to their We're like, right. "Well, this is garbage. We didn't even know where we were going." But we got off the light, got off the light, uh, and I was fried. I mean, the last That's climb that was cool, yeah, and the last climb up Nelson and just the last loop because it was a three-loop course. The last loop had just fried. It was everything I could, and I said, "I'm either going to fry myself to get off." Of So I said, you know, I think it's easier, personally. I think it's easier. I think the point to point run is going to be easier. I love the fact we don't have to go into town. Um, and I was confident. And you know, like, but I don't think it's any easier. I think it's harder. I'm like, no, oh, I think it's easier. But you guys yeah. live here and know everything, but I think it's easier. So um, I think I might have been a little overconfident, maybe even a little cocky, thinking, hey, I got this because I was so close last year. And I was so close to lot, And I think it's easier. I don't know um, Nelson three times, and I get to go down Nelson. Um, I don't know what happened in Boulder, right? Right. Yeah. all this crash and burn. I mean, the, the nutrition was uh, too much hydration. There were so many things I did wrong. Uh, Boulder was almost a slap in the face. Like, I was borderline disrespectful to the training portion because I nailed in a couple of the sessions because I had a lot going on towards the end of the year with, the, with work. And um, I just I didn't put in the effort I had put into the rest of them as intensely as I showed, and the nutrition wasn't dialed in exactly the way we needed it to, and, um, and then the temperature skyrocketed, and it was, it was a disaster one day, um, all the way around. Um, and then everybody's like, is that it? Are we gonna, is, is that going to be it? Is that going to be it? I remember talking to Babe at the end of when the wagon came to get me. At mile 86, I crashed. Um, and, they like, yeah, it's good based on you know, that. There's, there's no way. I only had one gear on the bike, and I had a lot of climbing left, and I had one more climb up, uh, I think the was St. and I had to climb back up, and I'm like, yeah, there's there's just no way. I'd make it in to the cutoff. And it definitely thing took me up watching all the people struggling on the run course. I'm like, yeah, there's, even if I made it to the run course, they're in that heat in those conditions because you're so exposed all the way back. You're exposed until you get on, a, on the path. There's there's no way. There's no physical way I would make um yeah. And uh, the same thing. I, I was quite that they took him back to the finish line and I saw it down. He like, What's next, man? I'm like, Get up, get up, go quick. I've seen some wild night waves. Let's do it. Um, And that's when the shift, that's when the shift came. I'm like, If you're going to do this, you got to get serious about it and get trained. And then we you know what happens after that. So, wow. Well, Brian, thank you so much for sharing everything. It's been it's a, a real, real joy. You guys did a road joy you're going to have the longest episode I swear I mean, <laughs> but you know what it's going to be still worth it yeah if y'all are still listening which I know y'all are this has been amazing so much insight so much to follow along thank you so much for sharing everything Brian to conclude and wrap everything up being that this is your second time on the show I have the next question being that we already know what your definition of a perfect race is if you could put together an ideal race course to include weather conditions what would you want in a race um, Low, I to, the perfect the perfect ideal race, a low humidity, um, mid 70s for temperature, a little bit of wind. Um and I, to be honest with you, I would want a little bit of a challenge on the bike. I don't I don't necessarily want something that's like mean, it's not supposed to be easy. So I don't I don't think I need as much climbing as in, in one Um but I'll take some I'll take some hills and some, some challenges and then uh, a fair run course that challenges you know, but not as much on the ground as Montreal Blanc so um, take the flatness of a boulder run course take uh, some of those out of Montreal Blanc and uh, give me a swim in either Lake Placid or Montreal and that would be uh, that would be the perfect uh, the most ideal course for uh, for me so maybe, here, maybe Arizona who knows wow cool. I say it's supposed to be pretty awesome yeah well, Brian thank you so much for sharing everything and I look forward to having you back on after all. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing the better part of three and a half hours with me. I really so yeah, enjoyed were, this. Thank you. You are the man. And I real out there just to uh, keep, as Joe Dirt says, keep on keeping on. And, uh, life and, garden and, it, and you'll get to wherever you want to go. I promise. Uh, we'll get
1: in. We'll talk soon, okay? Bye. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you were able to learn something from today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to leave a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to see pictures from this athlete's race, learn more about who I am, what I'm doing, or be on the show yourself to share your story, check out my website at CoachTerryWilson.com. Until next time, continue the pursuit.